My name is Ed Frawley. My wife and I own Learburg. And today I'm going to talk about, and I'm going to title this video, When Do I Stop Using Food Rewards? Because that's a question that new drug trainers are going to use or face all the time. And it's a good question. It's a question that needs to be answered correctly because if you follow a reward-based training program and you use food rewards or toy rewards, but I'm going to talk about food rewards in this video, uh, it is only a matter of time, only a matter of time, before you have somebody who thinks they know how to train dogs say, well, why are you using food? That's stupid, because it's only a matter of time before you ask your dog to come and, he, and you don't have any food reward and the dog's not going to come. Well, <laughs> those people, some of them, simply lack experience in dog training. They may have, uh, under certain scenarios, uh, a reaction that I will explain why that happens, and it's because they don't know how to wean their dogs off of food once they start. And that's the key that has to be totally understood when you use food rewards. It's not, when do I stop using food? Because the answer is never. The answer is, when do I start to wean my dogs off of using food? And in the training program, in the training system, there's a method to knowing when you start weaning your dog off of food. And it's important to know that point because if you go past that point, you're gonna create problems for yourself. You're gonna put yourself into a situation where you ask your dog to do something and it knows you don't have food because you're not using food anymore and it doesn't mind you. We're gonna talk about that in a minute to make sure you understand how that doesn't happen to you or at least for you to recognize when you're past the point that would create that kind of a scenario, because it's important. So when we start using food in a reward-based reward training system, we reward every time the dog performs a behavior. Let's use this example. Ask the dog to sit, give him a reward. Ask the dog to sit, give him a reward. Ask the dog to sit, give him a reward. Every time we ask the dog to sit, we're gonna give him a reward. In fact, we may give them more than one reward. We may do what we call jackpot rewards, which is we may give the dog three rewards. We may give the dog two rewards. We may give the dog five rewards. Why? Good question. The answer is those people that just reward with a food reward once, one reward, and then go on, the dog figures that out pretty damn quick. And if they're out in the backyard and you reward the dog once, and the kids are over here, and you're gonna, the dog knows, I only get one food reward. They're looking over there, and they're bored, and that's a little more interesting than that piece of kibble he just gave me. That's a mistake. Jackpot the rewards. If we jackpot the rewards, a good friend of ours that we've done many training videos with, Michael Ellis, I like the way he calls it, we want to create a, a reward event. And that means multiple rewards, we turn the reward into an event so that we maintain engagement with our dog. Our dog never knows when we're done. We give him a reward, we give him another reward, we give him another reward, and he's looking at you and he's thinking, oh, this is cool, look at, 
I'm not gonna look away because if I look away, I might miss a reward. So you keep the dog in drive and in engagement. That's important. Now, when you first start to train a behavior, then we will, we will use successive approximation. And what does that mean? It means that we're gonna reward the try. In other words, let's say the recall. Got my dog in the backyard, got him on a long line, so he has to come. I tell him to come, and he doesn't really understand come, but he comes kind of close to me. He's over there. We will reward him for coming over here. We'll give him a reward. Successive approximation means we're going to reward the stages that we bring the dog through to get to the final <laughs> behavior. The final behavior is the dog comes, sits in front of you, if that's what you want, looks up at you, if that's what you want. And so we will, we will gradually reward him over there, then reward him here, then reward him here. We reward him up to the point where they understand the behavior and they're fluent in the behavior. Once they're fluent in the behavior, successive approximation starts with the dog. So after we're done rewarding the try, then we go on to continuous rewards. There will reach a time when you have to determine when to stop rewarding every single time you ask for it. And that's important because some trainers, when they start, reward forever. You don't want to do that. That's where you will create problems every single time. The people that reward every time for a year or six months, their dog gets to the point when you stop rewarding, they stop doing the behavior. They think, no reward, I'm not doing this anymore, it's not fun, it doesn't make any sense to me, I don't want it. Those are the people that do that. The people that say, don't use food, because when you stop using it, the dog's not gonna do it anymore. They're right for people that reward continuously for long, long, long periods of time. They're absolutely right, because that's what happens. So how do you do that? How do you get past that? you get past that by moving into a variable and a random reward system. What is, a, what is a variable reward system? That means you will reward the dog uh, the second time he does the behavior, or you will reward the dog the fourth time, or the sixth time, or the second time. There's no rhyme or reason to it, so you, you're, you're using a variable reward system to maintain engagement and to maintain drive in your dog. Our goal in doing it at this time is to manage the focus, the engagement, and the drive in our dog. And you, I can't tell you how to do it with your dog unless I'm standing there watching your dog and I'm looking at the engagement on your dog and I'm looking at the try on your dog and then you can figure it out. So basically, we want to create a, a a scenario where we build an expectation of a reward, and when we have that, we maintain drive, we maintain engagement, and we maintain focus between the dog and myself. Some people will say a variable reward is the same as a random reward, and that's fine. I look at it a little differently. That doesn't make me right and them wrong, or them right and me wrong. It's just the way I look at it. You have, to work, you have to wrap your own mind around it, and it really takes some thinking to figure out when you move on to a random reward. 
in real life, a random reward could be that, you know, you take your dog for a walk all the time and you're in the country or you're in a large fenced-in enclosure and you call your dog to you and you pet him, good boy, go on, you can go and pee over there and blah, blah, blah. And then maybe tomorrow he, you call him to you and you give him a reward. That's a random reward. That's something that you will use for the rest of your life. There's nothing wrong taking a 10-year-old dog out in the backyard with things that he already knows how to do and work a little two-minute training session with him. He already knows how to do it. Work a little two-minute training session where you do continuous rewards with him. In the scheme of training, that's random rewards. And it builds a relationship with your dog. It makes the dog want to be with you. It makes the dog thinking, hey, this is kind of cool. I know how to do this. Look at, I'm getting all these little rewards. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with going, uh, like we live on 45 acres. We're in the city, but 45 acres, I never should have done that. Uh, should have been out in the country. Uh, where I take my dog out, and our property's fenced, and we're cutting them loose at night to let them go pee and poop, and they're over there sniffing bird poop, or bird poop, deer poop, they think it's an hors d'oeuvre, uh, and I call them to me, and I'll give them a reward. I'll have a pocket full of freeze-dried treats in there. I don't do it all the time, but that's random rewards, and it builds drive for the dog. It, it's a reward for the dog doing something that it already knows how to do, and there's nothing wrong with that. Here's an example uh, that you may relate to better. It's uh, going to the casino and playing slot machines. You see these people get hooked on a slot machine because they have an expectation of a reward, and they don't always win because they're on a random reward, or a they're not even on a variable reward. They're on a random reward system. And maybe that's the best way for you to wrap your mind around variable and random. The slot machine is random. It's not on a variable thing. You know, you're not going to get paid off every second time, third time, even seventh time. You're not going to get paid off if you've been getting the seventh time and then the next time you're, you're getting rewarded on the third time. That's variable. The slot machines work on random rewards and it builds a strong drive in the people that are running it. And if you do this correctly with your dog, you're gonna have a strong drive. You're gonna create an expectation of a reward into your training, into working with your dog. When do you do this? When do you, when do you start variable and random rewards? I can't answer that. I look for the dog having fluency in what I'm asking him to do in a neutral environment. In other words, in my house, in my backyard, nothing around, and then I have to add, that's fluency doing it there. Fluency is not, you don't have fluency when you take that same dog that's perfect in your backyard down to the park and do it when there's dogs and kids and people walking around and your dog won't do it there. You don't have fluency in what you're asking them to do. So you, when do you add the variable and random? Well, that depends on the dog. It depends on the location you're at, the environment you're in. And it also depends upon the amount of distractions that you allow to be in your environment, because you should control that. You should control the environment you put them in 
based on the distractions that are gonna be in that environment. And then you work towards fluency on the rewards in that environment. And here's a perfect example. You're out for a walk on a bike path in a very large park, and you see some guy walking towards you with his dog on leash, so you get off leash, 20, 30 yards, whatever your dog needs, and you ask for focus. We use a look command. When we ask for our dog to sit and look, we want him to look into our eyes. We have videos to show you how to do that. So the dog looks at us, and at that point, we know this is a big distraction for that dog, so we have to pick a reward that's high enough value for the dog to look at us. It won't be a piece of kibble. It might have to be a piece of steak. And if it's going to accept that reward, it has to be a far enough distance away from it that he can ignore it and look at us and work in that environment. So the whole concept of food rewards has a lot of variables built into it. And it all comes down to sitting there and thinking about what you're asking it to do and looking for problems. When you have a problem, stop doing what you're doing. Take your dog, collect him, take him home, put him in the crate, put him in the X-Pen, put him in the house, makes no difference, and go and sit down, have a cup of coffee, drink a beer or whatever, and think about, what did I just do wrong? You didn't, it's not the dog that did anything wrong. You did something wrong. You took him to the wrong location. You didn't take him far enough away from the distraction you put him in. You did something wrong. And when you can wrap your mind around that concept that it's not a dog problem, it's a handler problem, you're gonna become a good dog trainer. And for those people that really wanna get into this, we have a really, really good online course and streaming course, and I think we still offer it in DVDs, uh, that we did with Michael Ellis titled The Power of Training Dogs with Food. And I would recommend that to all new dog trainers because it goes into a lot, lot more detail than what I'm talking about in this short little social media video. And if you have questions on dog training, feel free to go to learberg.com, go to the Ask Cindy portal in the very front. Cindy's my wife, and you don't need to be a customer. You don't need, if you have a question on dog training, if you have a question on breeding, if you have a question on the health for your dog, if we can answer it, we will answer it. We're not gonna try and train you through emails. It's too hard, you can't. <laughs> she will tell you, if she can, where to go to get the information that you need to have. And I think she can help you. And if you send her a ticket, through the Ask Cindy and she needs more questions, she's gonna come back at you because you have to give her your email address so we can log it. Uh, and we don't share emails, we don't sell emails, and we don't spam you, never have, never will. But we need that email so we can log your questions so that if you come back in two weeks or a year and you have more questions, she can call your name up and she can look at all your other questions. And just as importantly, because this happens, where she'll say, look, you've, you've got to do this or you've got to get this course or look at these videos and do it. And if you come back with the same question six or months or a year from now and she looks, she's going to tell you, look, I told you what to do. You haven't done it. So it's a two-way street with us. We'll be straight with you if you're straight with us. I hope this helps you because when you're out with your dog, it's only a matter of time before you get somebody that says, hey, why are you training with food? There's going to be times when you don't have any food, your dog's not going to work for you. Say, well, 
You've got a lot to learn about dog training, and if you really want to learn, go to Learberg.com and watch Ed Frawley's video on when to stop training your dog with food rewards. That'll get their attention. <laughs>